TSN Lunch is brought to you in part by Lease Busters. Ah, relief from your car lease. Go to leasebusters.com on TSN 1050, the voice of Toronto sports. Little bit of chicken fried. Cold beer on a Friday night. A pair of jeans that fit just right. And the radio saying three people died of shark attacks in 2014. Millions and millions of people are in the ocean every day. Get over it. Yeah. Okay, Matt. Relax. How many people got maimed? That's a good point, Noodles. See, you're back, buddy, and you're bringing the heat right off the bat. <laughs> well, three people died. All right, great. But how many lost an arm or a toe or a finger? Or... There's three of us in the room right now. Yeah. Exactly. Your first comment in weeks is, how many got maimed? <laughs> it's great to have Noodles I back forgot. in studio. You talk about the Leafs? That sounds about right. Well, Good yeah. Segue? No kidding. The fan base. How many got maimed watching this team a year yes. ago? Uh, Rob tweeting in because we're talking about Grizzlies. Laura and I, I have no—I don't even know if we we're on the air in the first segment. Like we were all over the map. We're talking <laughs> about so many different things. It's great, and we brought up uh, my idiot buddy who went um, like tree planting in BC years ago. And like yeah. the first day he got there, he came like face to face with a grizzly bear, and I guess the grizzly just looked at him and said, eh, "I'm good," and walked away. Really? But Rob pointing out saying when it comes to approaching a grizzly or seeing one, it's recommended to play dead yes. and let the bear maul you. Good luck with that. Hashtag scream and run. Yeah, I'm more of a no scream kidding. and run guy. I'm not lay- I'm not playing dead. There's no way I could do that. Well, either way, you're going to be dead. Right. <laughs> so you either play it first and get used to I it. I don't know <laughs> why. Run. I'm going to jump in quickly here, but yeah. there is a YouTube clip of a bear and a handler sitting like getting interviewed like on a morning show and the bear just looks at the lady and attacks her and then you're wondering like why why would the bear do that well because he's a bear yeah and who's trying to tame him if you have five minutes youtube it 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 is i don't know why i have that sixth sense of humor because i know she's all right and everything's all right because she's okay maybe that's but like it is one of the funniest clips you've ever seen is this bear attacking this well i've told you this before and i'm sure you've seen it the chris rock bit about tigers (laughs) where it was um siegfried and roy yeah siegfried and roy and remember one of them got like mauled it was really bad and chris rock started responding to the reaction to that because He's like, I got to say something about all these people that are like, oh, man, that tiger went crazy. It's like, no, it didn't. That tiger went tiger. That tiger did what tiger does. Like, that is exactly what happens. The tiger went tiger. He didn't go crazy. I was at dinner on Saturday night with a buddy, and he was telling me Mike Tyson's book is insane because... Tyson tells stories of how he had no money, but he would just, yeah, I'm going to stay at my buddy's house, stay, stayed at Don King's condo, and his pet tiger tore everything apart. Well, everywhere he went, he took this tiger, and this tiger would just, apparently it ate the roof of his Maserati. He left the tiger, he oh went out for a night, gosh. went out for a night, left the tiger in the garage, the thing ripped the roof off of his Maserati. Like, that's, you're right, he went tiger. He went tiger. And that's so Mike Tyson, too. <laughs> no money, but somehow he's keeping a tiger yeah. around the house. And his Maserati together. Yeah, yeah Maserati, exactly. No big exactly. Deal. Um, we'll get uh, back into the Jays in about 15 minutes. Scotty Mack will join us. Uh, Aaron Sanchez will return. He's going right into the bullpen, and we're tracking the British Open. But the uh, Maple Leafs had some news to announce today. Steve Briere is their new goalie coach. Um, I'm not sure about this guy's background. We've got some details here. He was the head instructor of the Canadian professional goalie schools. He's a Canadian uh, he studied under Mitch Korn, who is now the yes. goaltending coach down in Washington with the Capitals. And I think goaltending, when you look 
towards next season and the future in general, Noodles, you've said this many times. Like, you can't just have one guy. No. It's such, it's the most important position on your team. It is. And in, in doing some rec- reconnaissance on him, when I saw the name come across the board, I was like, this name looks familiar. So ultimately, hockey DBM. I saw he played in Fife in England when I was in England during the lockout. So I played against this guy. And then it starts to hit me. I'm driving in and I call a buddy who I trust, and I'm like, Steve Briere. And he's like, yeah, he's a Mitch Korn disciple. And then I put two and two together. I've worked on the ice with this guy before. This guy is going to be an outstanding hire for the Toronto Maple Leafs. He's bright. Um, Mitch Korn, for people who don't know in the goaltending coaching circle, he's known as Yoda. He's this tiny little... Really wise man, and and basically <laughs> Does he speak strange. Does no. he say weird things like Yoda? <laughs> but Mitch Korn is is known as one of the best goalie coaches on the planet, and this guy worked underneath him. So it wouldn't surprise me if if Mitch Korn was asked as a character reference. You know what? Who's an up and coming guy? And Briere, thirty eight years old, young, progressive. My understanding, he does the psychology of a goaltender as well as the drills. So. I think this is an outstanding hire by the Leafs. Again, you off the board. You're not recycling, you know, an old right like a Rick Saint Croix, quite frankly, which is yeah, who was here before, and Rick he's Saint been in the hockey community for a long time. Yeah. And and kind of word of mouth, hey, the, you know, yeah. hire this guy. No, it's 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 a progressive hire, which you know, this is. I think this is an outstanding hire. I don't know if they're done yet. I don't know if if they're going to have like a goaltending development, you know. Development area, right. I guess, like a but, sector of the organization. Yeah, I mean that, they've got an analytics sector. Right. I mean, I'm sure they've in, in player development. Uh, Scott Pellerin took over for Steve Steyo, so he's doing a, an outstanding job. I, I had a conversation with Pelly the other day. He's a former teammate of mine. I mean, they're headed in the right direction. This is another nice hire that kind of under the radar. Again, off the board, but all the guy needs is experience. Well, and goaltending is such a big part of kind of getting them through the next two or three years as they try to, you know, build up the the prospect pool and kind of grow as a team. And I think you look towards next year, and we're going to have these conversations more in September than we will now, but you get the impression like the roster is is relatively set. They may still find a deal here or there. They may yeah. sign a guy here or there because they still have some some cap room and they might go out there and decide to utilize it. There's still a lot of big names out there, you know, yep. relatively speaking, based on the free agency pool uh, year after year. But you look towards next year, clearly people are going to focus on Babcock and how he can change things and maybe you know how many wins could come with him or how you weather a storm. And we've seen a lot of storms with this team over the past few years. But I think you also look at Riley and Gardner, two young defensemen. Can they continue to grow? But then you look at goaltending. And goaltending is the one position that can truly change your season. Yep. Like, absolutely change your season. I was thinking about it over the weekend. You look at Carey Price. Like, the Habs and trying to analyze what they're going to be next year will be really interesting. Because Price put forth, like, a historic season. Yes. An absolutely historic season. Ran away with the MVP. Ran away with the Vesna. Was un. Believable was winning one nothing games, two one games, left, right, and center. Yep. If he comes back to earth a little bit, mm-hmm. is that a six or eight point swing? And next year, conversely, with the Leafs, like if Bernier and Reimer really get it together, yeah, is that a six or eight point swing that pushes them into a completely different direction? One hundred percent, yes, on both fronts. If Carey Price is just average, or God forbid he gets injured, now you look at the dynamic of that team. On paper, does 
outside of Subban and Pacioretty, and Pacioretty, I mean, I don't, you know, you saw he's been injured. Right. I read yesterday he just completed week one of a 10 week rehab. So he's nine weeks away from even, if he's on schedule, if he doesn't have any setbacks, to just putting the skates on and getting organized. That's, like, that's a tough spot to be in. If very dangerous. So Pacioretty, Subban, yeah, they scare you. But Carey Price is the name that scares you. And, and you know, the Devontae smith Pellies and, and, you know, Galchenyuk, I think, has another level. He's going to be a good player. But, but ultimately, on paper, I think Montreal's kind of in that middle of the pack. They're not, they're not an elite team outside the goaltender. So the, if the goaltender is just average or below average or there's an injury involved. And that's why he's the MVP. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. He's the MVP for a reason. But you, you take an MVP out of the lineup or just have him have a, or he just comes a trending back to reality da- a down a season. Yeah, based on, exactly. I mean, and he'd still be probably a top five goalie in oh, the league. Oh, for sure, for sure. But you look at the numbers that Price put up last year, they were crazy. Like, he, they won, I think, 11 games in which they scored two or less goals. Yeah. So think about that. He won them 11 games 2 1, or 1 nothing, or 2 nothing, yeah. right? Like, those are the three options. Like, that's how good he was. And I don't think you can expect a replication to that extent next year. I don't think you can expect him to be out of this world for 70 starts. Well, take a look at what Nashville did the year before when Pekka Rene went down. Now, people could argue that Nashville and, and Montreal kind of mirror each other a little bit as far as talent pool. You've got Shea Weber, which is the P.K. Subban. Mm-hmm. And then up front, I guess, who, who was their guy? I mean, oh, it was Forsberg, it Forsberg or James yeah. Neal? James but Neal. yeah, James yeah, Neal. like yeah. not Fisher, yeah. No, yeah, exactly. Like guys like that. But ultimately, you took Pekka Rene out of that lineup, and they missed the playoffs, and they weren't very good. You put Pekka Rene back in; he has a Vesna type season. All of a sudden, they're at the top, you know, the top of the Central. They're right there. Right. I mean, that's what goaltending. How powerful it is. That's why I get so passionate about it. When you know, when we're arguing about guys who are good, not great, and we're saying, well, this guy deserves. This and he deserves that. There, there are five or six elite guys in the world. Other than that, there's a bunch of really good ones, and then just good. Well, and then that'll the be, don't have one of those. Right? Well, no. at this point, they don't, right? Well, and that and that's funny because you're talking about the top dogs there. You've got Price, Rene, you know. Yeah, Lundqvist will be there. Yeah, but then you look at the Leafs, and they don't have. I mean, Bernier has the potential to do it, but you're kind of saying with the Leafs anyway, you want to split. Yeah, is that a good well, thing? Well, it projects to to. For me, Bernier started 55 games last year. So the year before, he had started 49. So there's a projection that he can get. If you can get him over 60 this year and see what you have in him, mm-hmm. then you know you continue to talk to people about you know what what is his skill set, what is his ceiling. Well, we've yet to see it. Now, it his development hasn't been hampered a little bit by the fact that they have had a Let's call it a watered-down product. Not a great, not a great team in front of them. Not a great system. So he hasn't been protected any nights. You know, you look on other teams, and and I say this with all due respect. You know, Jonathan Quick, who I think is an elite, elite goaltender, but there are nights where he's shielded because the team is really good and they play solid defensive structure in front of him. Devin Dubnik had a season for the ages last year. Well, Minnesota doesn't give anything up defensively. But Toronto Maple Leafs, not only the shots against, but the high-quality chances against. You know, if you're, if you're a goaltender and you weren't on your game night in and night out for the Maple Leafs, you got exposed and you got, you got hit hard. 
And well, that, that and, quite and frankly that'll be interesting happen. when it comes to the arbitration case. If it gets there, I think it's uh, due to come in like 10 days, 12 days for Bernier, and he's still waiting for that new deal. And I kind of looked at the Kadri number and thought that there could be uh, some similar similarities there when it comes to what Bernier could get paid. I think around you know four, four point five, something like that. He might get more than a year. They might they might strap him in for two years. Yeah. But his argument again, his stats are not like through the roof. But he's going to come at it and say, "Look at what I had to deal with with this team." Well, like just play a Peter Horacek press conference. That would be my case. <laughs> well, this was my coach for the your, final three where's months. Where's your give a blank? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? Well, that, there's that, Horacek, so pay me. Well, that's the thing. And Craig Button brought up a great point about Jonathan Bernier's potential arbitra- arbitration case. He's got nothing but leverage because there's no two-year selection in this. It's, it's either. A one-year, or you negotiate for a multi-year deal in front of that. So he's going to say, okay, you put in for one year, I'll do it, but I'm unrestricted at the end of that year. So if you want to protect that asset, you've got to decide what you have. So if he goes to arbitration and he gets a one-year award for whatever number, let's just say four for just a round number, well, he's unrestricted at the end of it. So he actually has leverage going into it saying, okay, if you want to avoid arbitration with me and you want me on a multi-year deal, it's going to cost you more, more. because you're going to buy up some of my unrestricted free agent years. So from a, a leverage standpoint, you know, you, you're talking about pay, play a Peter Horacek, you know, presser. Take a look at the leverage he has because if you believe that this is your number one guy for the next couple of years – He's unrestricted after this year. You so you've got to decide. Yeah, you you have may to. have to pay him a little bit more than conventionally. You may have to pay him, and I'm not going to compare, but a Devin Dubnik took term, but he took less money right. ultimately. He may be in that ballpark, four, five, four, like you were saying, like something. It wouldn't be a five, but it would just be under $5 million a year. Well, and they've got to consider what Babcock brings to his stats, his numbers, his play. Yeah. You know, how much is a quality coach worth in terms of goaltending? And, Historically, it's been worth a ton. I mean, you put forth a quality structure and a quality system. Now, ultimately, it's on the players to go out there and actually play it. And the jury's out in terms of whether or not they can do that, the current construction of this team. We'll find out come the fall. And more changes are still to come. And now you got a new goalie coach in Steve Briere. You know, I I could see where the Leafs might say, let's gamble here and let's just do one year and let's see. And if if you hit a grand slam, we'll pay in the end. Yeah. You know, we'll pay you, but we want our guy to come in, evaluate you. We want Babcock to come in, evaluate you, because yeah. that's kind of the gamble they're taking. If they give him some term, a three- or four- or five-year deal, then you bring in Babcock, you bring in a new goalie coach, and they show up, and it's November, and they're like, i got to be honest with you, I don't love them. Well, yeah. Then where do you go with so, this? So well, now you're looking at the Kadri situation then, because Kadri signs the one year, and Babcock comes out and says, man, it's all on him. This guy can really make us pay in the end. Let him prove it. So... You know, Jonathan Bernier, same type of thing. Let's go to arbitration. Let's take a one year. Hey, if you end up nailing it out of the park, you're going to get a massive deal on long term. And and ultimately, I think I like that. I like that onus shifted from the organization back onto the player. You want to get paid? Go out and play. Go out and show what you're worth. Because that's the one thing that we we talk about it daily on the show. Is you you. In today's world, you're paying for what you think the player's going to be. And it used to be, at 31, the guy was getting paid for what he had done. done, Yeah, Yeah, so you're looking back and going, geez, you know, the guy just got a long-term deal, a five-, six-year deal, and because he's been a great player. Now you're looking at the Ryan O'Reilly's of the world and saying, we're going to give him $45 million, 
on what we think he's going to be for the next six, seven years. So that's, you know, that's ultimately how the shift in the National Hockey League has been. I think the Leafs are, are fine with short-term deals on these guys and saying, go out and show us that you're going to be a long-term piece here. I think they've been trying to put the onus on the players for a while, right? <laughs> Getting rid of the blue and white disease and all that, and maybe yeah. now it's going to finally... I don't know. Well, I say that as a Leaf fan, I know. Yeah, Maybe. And at we some point, off. the players yeah. actually have to do it, though. I mean, that's the problem. And you, you look at the, the stretch run this past year, that was the wor- that was worse than blue and white disease. I don't know what that was, but it was like a combination a of disease. a lot of bad diseases. Yeah. <laughs> it was a disease. It, was, it morphed into something it was like crazy. A Thailand flash. <laughs> right. It's something you only get in like third world countries. <laughs> like it was wild. There's not a shot for that. No. Um, noodles is in here. Just uh, booze. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's true. You can always sweat it out, maybe. Mm-hmm. But today is like the expiration date, I guess, of the first phase of expansion. And I was reading over the weekend that it doesn't sound like anyone from Seattle is going to meet the expiration date. Like, they're not going to actually get a bid in. But I think it's more from their standpoint that they don't feel like they really have to play that game. Because the NHL, in my opinion, clearly wants Seattle more than Seattle wants the NHL. They want the NBA. Yeah. I mean, Seattle, it sounds as if they want the NBA back first, and then if it works out, maybe the NHL. And the NHL is itching to get there, or it sure sounds that way. So I think they're looking at this thinking, like, what's the point of us going through the process? We don't have to abide by your rules. In the end, if we've got the money, if we've got the building, if we've got the owner, you're going to take it anyway. I think that's a relocation spot. Seattle. Yep. Is that right? Don't you think? I mean, maybe that's why they're being hesitant. Exactly. Yeah. They're sitting there going, "Okay, well, let me let me get this straight. You want us to buck up five hundred million to see if this will work? Let's let's see if how Arizona. Like maybe they're just waiting in the wings Florida, for Arizona, one of these yeah. Florida, Arizona, Carolina to just finally and the you bottom don't have to pay as much. Right? Yeah. And maybe it's a relocation. Like, hey, we've got we've got the facility here. We've got we've got the opportunity. If you want to come in here, yeah, maybe it's not a five hundred million dollar. You know, expansion fee. It's it's a relocation fee that they can discount. That's an interesting thought because um, that could certainly be the case. I mean, I kind of look at it again. To my point, it's almost like McDavid at the combine. It's a waste of time. Right. Like he doesn't have to show up and show you that he can do push-ups. It's the right. same thing here. This, this these these guys, these prospective owners, don't have to put up ten million for Gary Bettman. Bettman is dying to get there. Right. And if in the end, you know, even though they didn't go through this manufactured kind of arbitrary process that the league has put forth, if in the end they've got a building and an owner and they're willing to pay, they're going there. Yeah, I don't think Gary Bettman's going to say, sorry guys, you didn't meet the deadline on July 20th. Well, they want to be in Seattle. And and you're looking at the marketplace, so you know, we, we've argued about it daily. Quebec, Toronto, Vegas front, and Seattle. Vegas Those and the Seattle. But the, Quebec and Toronto, to me, are slam dunks and the $500 is not a problem. So and Vegas, quite frankly, because the owners got massively deep pockets. Mm-hmm. But Seattle, to, to me, if you're just hanging in the wings, you'd be like, "Yeah, we'll pick up a team eventually." If you want to get to 32, we'll be number 32. Right, but we're we'll doing on our terms. After here you've and... shifted things around, yeah. Well, because Seattle's got a lot going for them, yeah. anyways, right? With the Seahawks, the Mariners, MLS does really well there. It's a college town. If they build an arena for basketball, it becomes dual sport. Right, exactly. We got it anyway. Yeah. But they still have to wait for that to be built. And that's the crazy thing. Like the, the Seattle and Vegas, they appear imminent. Like I think the league is dying to get there. Quebec City and Toronto, I, they're the unknowns from the NHL's perspective. I don't know how they feel about those two markets. I don't think the Canadian dollar is helping. 
No. Like you talk about all the money. The Canadian dollar is hurting right now. It's at like 77 cents. And I know. I was just down in the States on the weekend. We all were. And it's crazy. You get the visa bill and you're like, dude, <laughs> oh I thought gosh. that was 40 bucks. <laughs> exactly. $40 drink is a $72 $40 drink. Let's get crazy here. No, but it's true, though. We came home and I'm like, I can't believe that. Like, it's it's a dollar thirty, a dollar thirty five, and it was on dropping the dollar. throughout my trip, it and was, it kept it going, was going. He yeah, it's, just didn't want to look at no, it. That's exactly. the one thing, though. That's the one thing that we have to be aware of. Like we're talking about the cap going up every, you know, every year, maybe a couple million, just kind of inching its way up. You look at the trends of of the economy. Now, the dollar. Say the dollar gets stronger, the oil and gas comes back. I mean, ultimately. That's where that then it you're starts. To, again. Well, it was. That's what it used to be. Yeah. It was almost at par. So everyone's dancing around. Everyone's printing cash. Now all of a sudden it goes south, and everyone's tightening the the purse strings. That's again. exactly right. Good to see you, buddy. I know. Thanks for popping in, man. I'm billing Steph. You should bill. 